So hello everyone and thank you for joining um, today's Mobius Medical Webinar, which is on the top five features to look for in an EDC and why they matter. So this webinar forms part of our greater series that we run every month at Mobius Medical and we thank you for joining today. So my name is Eleanor Elephantis and I'm one of the clinical data managers here at Mobius and I'm also a CRA at Mobius as well. And co-hosting this webinar today with me is my colleague Thomas Strote and he's one of our clinical data managers here at Mobius Medical. So a little bit about Mobius Medical for those of you who aren't really sure who we are or what we do. So we are a full service CRO that operates out of Australia and New Zealand, and we manage projects and clinical trials all throughout the world across the globe. We work across all body systems and indications and even all phases of clinical trials. And if you want to know more information about us and what we do, what service offerings we have, you can jump on our website, which is mobiusmedical.com.au, and we'll put our contact details at the end of this presentation too. So don't be shy and ask us any questions or reach out if you'd like to know more. So an overview of this presentation will entail an introduction where I'll quickly run through what exactly an EDC system is and why they're so important for clinical trials. Then Tom and I will go through and discuss what our top five features are when you're looking for when you're looking to choose an EDC. And then if we've got some time at the end, we'll be able to open it up for questions. So what is an EDC? So for the rest of the presentation, Tom and I will be referring to an EDC, which means an electronic data capture system. And so this is essentially a web-based software application where you can store all of your clinical trial data. So this is obviously a very essential part of the clinical trial. And what EDCs allow for is to be able to streamline your data collection processes, and they can also handle and maintain very significantly large amounts of data. So as you can imagine, the EDC that you choose will impact all parts of your trial um, as you collect all of your clinical trial data in the EDC. So it's important that when you're looking for the right EDC system that you choose the one that's best for you. At Mobius Medical, our preferred EDC vendor is Dacima Clinical Suite. They're based out of Canada. And what we particularly enjoy about Dacima is that we're very confident in the company and we know that they are 21 CFR Part 11 compliant and also ISO 27001 certified. So this is something, one of the things that we um, look for in an EDC. However, now we're going to discuss our top five features that you should be looking for when you're choosing an EDC. The first one is real-time data entry and data monitoring. So what does that even mean, real-time data entry and monitoring? So an EDC that allows for real-time reporting, so the capture and then review of um, data as it is generated, allows you from the beginning to monitor how your data collection is going and then be able to identify any issues with the data that's entered into the system um, very, very early on. So we find this to be absolutely critical for ensuring that the data you've collected for your study is accurate and that it's also complete. And now, regardless of what stage the trial is that you intend to run, it's really important to have these accurate data collection op opportunities in place from the beginning, whether you're running, you know, a phase one or a pilot study. Um, and so we find that as we're moving in this post-COVID world to a lot more sort of remote or um, 
external data collection, but it's really nice to be able to use the EVC to collect what we call e-source. So in the past, typically, we would have a lot of um, clinical trial data collected on what we call paper CRFs or paper case report forms. So these are essentially paper documents where the nurses and doctors at your site would record all the information they collect while with the patients on paper. Then they would need to transcribe this information from paper into the EDC. Now, there can be issues with transcription errors, but not to mention that there's also the issue of the, uh, the time that it takes your site to enter the data from paper into the EDC where you can actually view it from anywhere in the world, just accessing it through the internet. So what we love is when you have an EDC that handles eSource very well, it means that you can also log in and access your data. Everybody that's working on the trial at your CRO can also log in and we can perform something called remote monitoring, which means that the CRAs who are performing um, source data verification can review that data as soon as it's generated. And we find that this helps increase the efficiency of the process and also allows us to get any issues with the data addressed right at that moment in time. The other brilliant thing about being able to have eSource or also direct data capture as we refer to it in the industry um, is that we can, as programmers of the databases or the EDCs, um, program checks or little error messages for the sites as they're completing the data. So in real time, the site can get notified if they are providing some information which is perhaps illogical or simply not possible. Or alternatively, if they're missing some information, they can know, okay, I need this, I, I need to you know, find this information um, because it's what is required for the clinical trial. Second EDC feature we're going to talk about today is e-module availability. So what is an e-module? Um, in the sense for today's uh, webinar, an e-module is essentially just any sort of electronic version of what would be something classic we collect for clinical trials. So we have patient reported outcomes. These essentially mean questionnaires. We can have electronic questionnaires. We can have, instead of a paper diary, we can collect an electronic diary from the patients. And one particular feature we love that Decima offers is electronic consenting. Um, so all of these can improve patient engagement and also, like I mentioned before, reduce the risk of any data errors because the data is getting entered in real time. There's no transcription. The first time this information is generated is in your EDC. So the beauty of this is that the data is never lost or temporarily misplaced or, you know, in the case of any paper going to a patient's home, no pets or animals eating that and then we lose the questionnaire or the consent form. We find that e-modules are excellent for any decentralized or hybrid trials, and we can also increase your available patient populations by being able to collect data and information while the patient's in the safety of their own home without having to travel out to your sites, especially if they live far away. So one thing that we particularly like about Decima is that the e-modules that were offered to us, the ones that I've mentioned, e-pro, e-diary, and e-consent, are all already inside the EDC. So we don't have to contact external software providers and then try and integrate those external software into our EDC. And so an issue that can come about if you do have a separate e-module provider is that sometimes the systems might not integrate too well, and then that might cause issues down the track with analyzing all of the data and, and keeping track. From a site's perspective, um, they absolutely love being able to have all of these e-modules inbuilt into the EDC because not only do they save 
um, them time, but it also means they don't have to learn so many different kinds of software. And they love just having the one program to go and access everything that's related to the clinical trial. So to talk a little bit more on two of these types of EPRO and e-consent, um, benefits of e-consent e specifically that we love to use in Decima is the ability to be able to add an instructional video, for example, embedded into your electronic consent form. Now, nothing beats a discussion with the doctor about what procedures and assessments are required for a study, but it can really help if you're trying to explain, for example, a really complicated device. Um, it can be difficult for the patients to imagine. So being able to show them a video that you've generated and had approved by an ethics committee is a really wonderful way to be sure that the patient has received all of the information that they can. We also find that by having e-consent, it definitely allows the patients ample time to review and sign the consent form without having to feel any pressure of signing it on the day that they've had the discussion with the, with the doctor potentially at, at the hospital or the clinic. And alternatively, we don't have to request that patients come back for unnecessary visits to ensure that the consent form is provided to the site once they sign it in the safety of their own home or wherever they are on a, a tablet, a phone or a computer, um, we can get that consent form the sites can get that consent form and, and check that everything's okay. Another thing which maybe not everyone thinks about but sometimes um, there can be the situation where unfortunately an incorrect version or an older version of a consent form is given to a patient. Now this never happens with e-consent because we can ensure with the, with the EDC that only the most current and up-to-date version of the consent form is ever provided to the patient. So this is some of the benefits of e-consent specifically. Some of the benefits of ePro and eDiary, well, as an example I'm going to show very soon is how with a questionnaire that's electronic, we can make it a little bit easier for patients with dexterity or visual impairments. For example, we can use larger buttons to select an option rather than having small areas to write numbers or tick um, on, on a piece of paper. The other thing that we personally love and we know our sites love is being able to send reminders automatically by the system to the patients so they don't miss completing any questionnaires. And so typically, usually this burden would fall on the sites, but being able to automate this in an EDC system is very powerful um, and ensures that we have the best data for your trial possible. Like I mentioned earlier, the fact that we can use real-time monitoring um, in these EDCs for eSource or our ePro and eConsent um, means that we can also be sure that we're monitoring the safety of the patients through their patient-reported outcomes as quickly as possible, identifying any potential safety issues um, rather than waiting for the patients to return their paper forms or to come back in for a visit that's reasonably infrequent. So on this next slide, I have an example of an EPRO that we've generated from a paper version of a questionnaire. So the paper version of the questionnaire, a screenshot of it is on the right-hand side of the page, and then the EPRO that we've generated is on the left-hand side. So this is a very basic questionnaire here where we're just saying, can you please select one of the five options to describe you know, how your knee symptoms are feeling in the last week. Now, you would look at this and think, oh, yeah, very straightforward. I'll For sure, the patient's going to select one of the five boxes in each row. Now, as a CRA as well, I've seen all sorts of things. So, for example, patients might tick two boxes. They might tick three, cross two out. You're not sure which is correct. They might also decide, you know, I don't really align with any of the options in the tick boxes. I'm going to just tick between two boxes. Now, the beauty of having a questionnaire um, electronic is that, like I mentioned, we can program quality checks and um, error checks into 
the questionnaire. So for example, on the left-hand side, you can see that the system will only allow me to select one of the five options. So we don't have any of these inconsistencies or errors. Not to mention when you're completing a paper questionnaire, as I'm sure we've all done in a doctor's clinic, sometimes you feel a little bit overwhelmed and you might miss something. Now, the beauty of doing it electronically is that the patients can't miss anything. The system will alert them if they have missed a question and they can't progress and, until they've responded to all. So this is something that we particularly love about EPRO being, to, being able to ensure that the data quality is exceptionally high. I'm going to hand over to my colleague Tom now and he's going to discuss the other features that are remaining. Thanks, Tom. And thanks, Eleanor. Um, I'll just share my screen. Yeah, I think it requires you, Eleanor, just to allow me to do the screen share. That's all right, Tom. You can just let me know when to hit the next slide and I'll, I'll tap it for you. No problem. <laughs> all right. So, yeah, as Eleanor said, um, yeah, the third uh, feature um, that you should look for in a good, good EDC system is uh, easy and clean data extractions. Um, so it's really important that sites, CRO, sponsor, and other relevant personnel involved in the study can extract the trial data from the EDC in a digital format, um, both quickly and easily at any time during the study. And uh, this is really useful for example, for some of these purposes. Um, so for safety review committees or safety review meetings throughout the study, uh, might also include interim analyses, um, ongoing medical monitor safety review, um, uh, annual safety reports to the regulatory authorities. Um, also just a general data management group, um, the data ongoing data cleaning checks that we do on, on the trial data throughout the study. Um, and last but not least, the, the provision of the final lot study data for statistical analysis. Um, so data extracted from EDCs in a digital format is essential for the efficient um, analysis and detection of safety and efficacy signals for the study. So next slide. So in a good uh, EDC platform, um, such as what we use here uh, in Decima, um, you really want to make sure that on the extraction page, um, you have sufficient filter options to be able to state the content and format of the extract to your specific needs or to the end, you know, the end user's needs who's going to be extracting that, that data. And generally what you want to see is at minimum a series of filters that can help you kind of narrow down the data that you're going to extract specific to your needs. And th this might include filters such as uh, being able to sort for site, uh, the subject status, data entry status, form status, um, visit, form, variable, date entered, and so on. Um, there's many, many more features, but these are probably the main ones that you'd want to have at your fingertips. Um, other essential options you'd want to see in, in the EDC extraction uh, section of the EDC is the ability to include and exclude um, medical dictionary coding. So that's like your uh, MEDRA, WHO drug, uh, coding values. Um, 
You'd also want the ability to include or exclude very up, um, other various system metadata. Um, so that could include um, data that's not the actual uh, research clinical trial data that the sites have entered into the agency, but kind of supporting data that's captured, you know, when that data is entered. So it might be, you know, the, uh, the staff member at site who entered this value on this date at this time, you know, the date and time of entry, you know, all of that surrounding met metadata can also be extracted. Um, also useful is um, the ability to display code list values um, versus uh, the actual literal values in the data extracts. Um, and the final point on this slide is actually really quite important. Um, the EDC should really at minimum um, have the ability to extract the files in uh, a minimum of SAS file format and Excel or .csv. Um, so uh, Excel format usually is sufficient for, you know, data management group who is uh, reviewing the data throughout the trial and doing ongoing uh, data cleaning checks. Um, it just makes that process a little bit more efficient. Um, but then come those time points where the data really needs to go to a statistician for some analysis. Um, so that could be like an interim analysis or, um, you know, just that final study analysis. Um, Industry standard tends to be um, that the statistical programmers will use a SAS um, program. So the ability for the EDC to extract that file in a SAS file format is really quite important. Um, but many, many EDC uh, platforms do offer the ability to extract in other file formats as well. Um, but I won't go into them today. Uh, next, next slide. So, there's some further desirable but non-essential options that you'd want to see in an EDC extraction page. Um, so some of these are um, the ability to display form or variable uh, full names versus their shortened code names. Um, also the ability to generate uh, extraction lists or templates. And th these are basically just saved extraction preferences so that uh, if you if you have a kind of a certain preference each time you go in to extract the data, you don't have to kind of sit there and manually you know, assign all of your customized settings each time it's all sort of saved in a template. Um, other handy feature is the ability to automate extractions. Um, so Decima can do this. And um, you can automate the transmission of the study data to an FTP or even an email address. Um, and the last handy handy feature, which um, really is quite important to the point point prior, um, is the ability to uh, uh, put password protection on the extraction file before you extract it. So, in a nutshell, um, the EDC system that you're looking at should really be sufficiently customizable, but also sort of meet in the middle ground um, of maintaining kind of a user friendliness. Um, you don't really want there to be so many options that it just becomes confusing and overwhelming. Um, so this little diagram just at the bottom of this slide is just a standard kind of a data set that, that have, has been pulled just from a standard study. And it just gives you an idea of what the actual extracted data from a study can look like. Um, and in this case, this is just an Excel uh, spreadsheet and columns show the different uh, fields or variables as we call them. 
Um, and largely, the the structure of the data that you export is largely governed governed by you know how you as the database designer or builder actually build that database. Um, but there are some elements intrinsic to the the EDC system uh, which will help uh, in in ensuring these data extracts are really robust and in good condition. So next slide. So the fourth um, feature that we recommend looking for when selecting an EDC platform is uh, that it has an integrated medical coding module. So uh, clinical trials involve complex medical terminology entered by the sites as free text into the EDC. Um, and coding these non-categorized verbatim terms using a globally accepted medical dictionary allows regulatory authorities and other groups analyzing or reviewing the trial information to easily and accurately retrieve and share that information in a standardized way. So it's really important that EDC platforms um, that have integrated medical coding modules, these EDCs can really streamline the coding experience uh, in a convenient way um, within the EDC environment itself. Um, and having that convenience and that uh, implementation within the EDC environment really also improves the overall coding quality. And, and this then obviously feeds into increasing the caliber of data um, that we submit to the regulatory authorities. So next slide. So the, the main features to look as Medra or Who Drug. Um, so Medra and Who Drug tend to be the most globally accepted you know, medical terminology dictionaries out there. So you really want to make sure that they are supported as a minimum. Um, another feature to look for is that, it, that the EDC platform supports both manual coding and auto coding modalities. Um, and if the system does support an auto coding modality, um, it should also just require approvals on those auto-coded terms, so there is still that human oversight to approve on them. Uh, next, a handy feature to have is, uh, sorry, this is actually a very necessary feature to have. Um, so the automated removal of assigned codes upon change of the verbatim term. So say, for instance, the site has entered an adverse event term in the, in the adverse event form within the EDC, um, you know, for whatever reason, they may spontaneously update that term. They may delete it. They may change the meaning or the wording of that term. So any coding that was previously linked to that term uh, becomes removed and it needs to be recoded. So that's really important. Um, so it should also support uh, coding audit trails and the ability to export the coding reports. Um, the system should support easy upversioning of the dictionary if required. Um, there should be robust textual search functions with accompanying toggles, filters, and settings to improve search pre precision and hit rate of, of the terms that you're searching for within the dictionary. 
Um, another handy feature is um, an option to create synonym lists to facilitate autocoding. So a synonym list is really just a collection of similar verbatim terms that map to known dictionary terms. Um, and lastly, on this slide, um, one of the real benefits you get from having an EDC integrated coding approach is that it will present to you convenient, uh, so it will have convenient links to or summarization of um, other pertinent information relating to uh, the medical event or medication. So for example, indication, route, dose form, etc. Um, all of that's at your fingertips. Um, and that really allows for you know accurate, efficient coding. So this, this screenshot um, on the right of the screen is um, from within the Decima uh, Metra coding module. Um, and yeah, this is just searching on a verbatim term of sore throat. And this is just some of the, the hits or the search findings that have come back from within the dictionary. Um, so as you can see, uh, it's really sort of visually easy to follow. And in the leftmost column, um, we have an indication of whether that term is current. Um, so that's really important because um, often these dictionaries are being, you know, upversioned over time. Um, and then in the P column, we just have an indication of whether that, that row represents a primary system organ class. Um, and that can be really important to know when you're, you're coding as well. So next slide. So lastly, um, just to touch on some benefits of an EDC integrated coding approach. So uh, it eliminates the need to merge coding data with EDC data post-extraction as they both sit together in the EDC. Um, as I mentioned on the previous slide, it really provides for a quick, convenient access to supporting information such as you know, indication, route, dose, et cetera, in a visually simple interface. And this results in a quicker and less error-prone coding um, it also provides a, a robust way to track coding throughout the study with the option to run regular coding reports. Um, and lastly, uh, it's responsive to data changes made by the site. So as mentioned on the prior slide, if the site you know, spontaneously updates the, the term that's to be coded, any, any coding that was linked to that already will automatically be kind of disconnected from that or removed, <laughs> needs to be recoded. So to wrap up the medical coding section, I've just got one last screenshot down the bottom of this slide, which also comes from the Decimate Metro coding module. Um, and this box in blue just shows a series of um, verbatim uh, adverse event terms that you know, a site would enter down here. And then in the red box to the right of that, um, that shows all of the Metro coding that has been applied to those verbatim terms on the left. Okay, next slide. So now we move to our the final feature that we're going to touch upon today um, that we see is really important to have in an EDC platform, and that is um, data security and privacy. So as we all know, protecting the privacy of study participants is absolutely critical in clinical research. Um, and then second to this, it's really it's also really important to protect the sensitive and confidential study information for, for clients. Um, so ED systems must therefore have um, really robust security measures in place to ensure data is secured from unauthorized access and that this access is controlled and traceable. 
So really, at a minimum, EDC systems must have controlled access via individual user accounts requiring uh, unique login credentials. So this is basically just a username and a password. So having these login uh, credentials then allows for um, restriction of access to certain sites and features. So that can be either by individual user or their role in the study. Um, it also allows for tracking of EDC access in, in reports, for example, um, EDC access audit logs. <laughs> um, and then also um, it allows for attributability of data entry and changes to that data in data audit trails within the system. So next slide. So that, that what I explained on the prior slide was kind of like top level security. Um, and then we have kind of like second tier security and privacy features um, that should be available within the ED system itself to further customize the setup for your unique study. Um, so for example, for Decima EDC, um, uh, this system has the ability to create logins for individual users and individual devices. So devices in this context, uh, an example is the site has an iPad device that uh, they use when the subject comes into the clinic and completes their ePro on, on that iPad. Um, it also includes the ability to assign a wide variety of feature rights to either individuals or groups. Um, so if you can see in the leftmost screenshot on, on this slide, this, this comes from Jasoner <clears throat> um, account management module. <laughs> um, and you can see like we, we've assigned, you know, different groups based on their different roles that they play within the study. So, you know, designers, people who build the databases, um, study coordinators, so that they're able to enter data at the, on the site side. Um, the data managers, you know, uh, we don't enter data, but we can raise queries uh, on the data and, and we can lock the database. Um, and then sponsors, you know, often sponsors will just have a, have a read-only access, but, but they will be given the ability to, you know, extract data um, and run various reports. Um, so it really just depends on, on the person's role within the study and what, what features we provide them access to. So the system also has the ability to restrict the viewing, editing and extraction of individual fields um, to only select users. Um, so this is even more powerful um, and especially important for, you know, elements of information that are classified as personal health information. Um, so just one quick example is, you know, you're running an ePro study where notifications are being sent off to the participant's email address um, to complete their ePro. Obviously, the EDC system somewhere needs to store that, that participant email address. And as we all know, email address can contain personally identifying information such as their name. Um, so Decima and many EDC systems actually give the ability to identify such fields of information and apply kind of like a, a PHI setting onto that so that only people who should be privy to that are privy to that. And that would just be the, the, the site staff um, because the participant, you know, has consented for site staff to know that information, but us in data management on the CRO side, we're not privy to that. So having this functionality in the system um, 
maintains that level of privacy that is required. Okay, next slide. So the data transmitted and stored at the EDC vendor should also consider security and privacy and how the data is encrypted during entry and retrieval. Um, so some features that you should ensure that your EDC vendor that you go for uh, should address um, are features such as um, secure encrypted web connection, um, that firewalls are in place, um, that they do regular data backups, um, that they employ antivirus protection software, um, that they perform ongoing operating system patch monitoring, and last but not least, um, the physical security of the servers on which the trial data sits. Um, what measures do they have implemented to ensure the security of, of those servers? So in summary, um, EDCs that have these elements will ensure the privacy and confidentiality of study data is maintained. Um, and it will also ensure that patient rights and identities are protected in compliance with international regulations, such as um, the GDPR. And uh, so GDPR is kind of the main uh, body in Europe governing data privacy and uh, HIPAA, which is more on the US side. Yeah, so that concludes data security and privacy. And um, it also concludes our webinar today. Um, so I wanted to thank everyone for attending. And I hope this provided some, some useful information to you when selecting an EDC. Um, so I just wanted to open up the floor um, if anyone had any questions. Hi Val, um, thanks for your question. So with DACMA, um, as I mentioned at the beginning of the presentation, the servers are actually located in Canada. So each country, um, as I'm sure you're aware, has their own privacy laws. Um, so I'm not going to spend a fair amount of time describing all the different laws that there are present in Canada, um, but there are a number of websites that you can use to access like the specific um, regulations that are applied to there. But one thing that's really important, and a lot of the um, ethics committees that we work with will ask for, is that um, we do mention that uh, whatever EDC system you use, where the servers are located, um, and you also make sure that whichever committee you're submitting to knows how the system is working and how the security and privacy of the patient's information is kept and maintained through these systems. So we always have a blurb that we submit to ethics committees informing them that the servers are in Canada, um, that it's all encrypted, um, and that DACMA has relevant certifications that meet um, global and US and, and global standards and requirements to protect patients' privacy. So I hope that answers your question. Hi, Gotham. Um, yeah, I can see your question in relation to uh, how long is the data stored, you know, in the EDC? Um, so for as long as the study, you know, is active and running, obviously that, that data is stored in there. Um, on my experience, uh, once the database is, is locked um, and then we move 
for the vendor to archive the study. Um, all of the data for the trial is extracted from the, the electronic, you know, EDC system into, you know, hard copy files. Um, and these, these get sent to the site and we also at the CRO retain them. And I believe kind of the standard period here in Australia is, is 15 years. Correct me if I'm wrong, Eleanor. <laughs> um, but that, that all gets archived and, and stored for a minimum of, of 15 years, I believe. Um, Val, I also see a question about compliance with GDPR being voluntary um, for a company that's located in Canada. Well, that's one thing that we love about DASMA is that they are working with HIPAA and GDPR despite being located in Canada because a lot of their clients um, and by extension us working with um, a lot of our clients too, we do run studies in Europe. And so um, DASMA considers themselves aligned with GDPR. Um, we work on studies that are based in Europe um, and we've had uh, no concerns thus far with any ethics committees um, using a, a, an EDC which has servers based in Canada. So whenever you're looking for an EDC, you can always talk to the vendor about um, who, who they work with and, and who they've modelled their system off. Um, and also on their website, they typically put um, which regulations they abide by and any certifications that they do have. Okay, so um, any further questions? Um, it's been great having questions come through. Um, it's always a good opportunity to test our knowledge. <laughs> okay, I think um, I think we'll leave it there. So um, just echoing Tom's sentiments. Thank you all so much for joining the webinar today. Um, please feel free to reach out to us. We've got our contact details up on the slide. Um, we'd love to hear from you. And so enjoy the rest of the day wherever you are in the world.